When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. From 7pm on SENZ. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Finals Fever Sale and find 40% off the INC Sports Nutrition range. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. CNZ, 4 minutes past 6, 22, June 2022. Welcome into the show, welcome into SCNZ for another day. Sports fans and good Kiwis right around Aotearoa, great to have your company. We are past the shortest day of the year, Kempi. We're on the downhill slope, brother. Summer is not far away. You and Trev <laughs> McKeown will be out shredding the... <laughs> you'll, you'll be out oh, shooting the bar in no time. If you can get some waves off Trevor, yeah, mate. I'm, uh, I'm looking. I was actually only talking about that yesterday. Looking forward to jumping back on my board with my new knee, and um, hopefully it doesn't. Uh, I don't get too sore, I guess. But you're dead right, mate. Exciting um, time of the year. You know, Matariki around the corner. Our first um, recognition of that holiday on Friday. It's you know pretty cool. Pretty cool time. Wake up this morning, Louie. I. The, the, the skies were clear. I said a little karakia. Um, 
up to Ngāwhitu, the stars, and uh, yeah, came in full of energy this morning, feeling really good about today's show. Yeah, I think you've terrified the kitchen this morning, Kempi. I mean, you're full of energy. <laughs> um, you're really up and about today, which is good to see for a Wednesday. It's a hump day. Sports, there's plenty of it going on, of course, and today we're going to talk about it. We're actually going to talk about, well, we have been doing some community interviews midweek and really enjoying it. Today we're going to actually talk about something that I think following on from our discussions over the last couple of weeks make a lot of sense. It's um, Raymond Greaves, who's the head coach of the Physical Disability New Zealand Rugby League side, and the Rugby League World Cup is coming up at the end of this year for able body. Uh, New Zealanders, but it's also an opportunity for the physical disability side, if they have got the right amount of funding, to get up there and put themselves on the world stage. So we'll talk to Raymond Greaves about how that process has been going. Looking forward to hearing from him. After 8 o'clock, we're going to catch up from with one of, I think, the most talented rugby players we've seen playing in New Zealand, um, Rua Tapoki. He is tough. He was talented, he had flair, he had a bit of guts about him, Kimpy. Tough kid. Tough as guts. And still looks like he can play, seriously. is as fit as a fiddle, coaching over the North Shore up here in Tamaki Makoto at the moment, um, alongside Frano Bodica and just giving back. Um, yeah, love, I, I love the guy. He's a, he is a fantastic player to watch and, and, and a great person just to talk to and hang around with. There you go. Okay, Rota Poki. So he's one of New Zealand. The, for me, and yesterday we, I think it was Jade came through with a text on double eight double three. We're talking about New Zealand Maori players and who's your favourite. And gee, there was some epic nominations. But Rota Poki, I'm pretty sure it was Jade that came through with it, and it was such a good message just about how much mana he had when he pulled on that New Zealand or the All Blacks Māori Māori All Blacks jersey. So he also played for Munster, remember? He went up there and he actually led the haka. I've got this vivid memory of him leading the haka against the All Blacks. Mm. And and like the Munster haka, which was, you know, when when All Blacks still played those midweek club games against uh, whoever it was, Munster or Leinster or the Barbars when they went up there. And I feel like it would have been 2008 or so. I've got this vivid memory. So Ireland's coming down. He's probably in quite a unique position to talk and preview this Irish uh, uh, Mouldy All Blacks series. Yeah, and he, and like I said, you know, he's still coaching, so he's really current with uh, with what's going on. And and you're dead right, you know, like um, a proud Māori and 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 proud of his heritage and where he's from. Uh, down the east coast, and of course he, you know, like that that text that came through yesterday was talking about the mana that uh, Rua has. So, mate, I'm looking forward to that, Louis. It'll be a good chat, good timing, you know, good timing with with Ireland coming down next week, and um, a good insight, I guess, to get from Rua on what he thinks the All Blacks and the Ireland uh, Test series is going to be like. Look, a, a couple of really well timed sporting events, actually. This um, having the Maori All Blacks. Sp- Spooked up at this time of year when we're celebrating our first Matariki as a public holiday. And I think it's a really clear um, definition to make. This isn't the first time we're celebrating Matariki. <laughs> it's, it's been hundreds of that, hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of years of celebrating Matariki, but as a public holiday. So I think it's pretty cool. And our guest after seven o'clock, Professor Rangi Matu, Matamua, I should say, Matamua is uh, going to be joining the show. And for 
us, Kempe, and you, who you've studied Māori Dim and you've gone and done your Tereo course, and for me, I've seen Rangi pop up on TV for a long time now. This is a pretty cool opportunity. Why don't you just give us a little bit of a one-on-one of who Rangi is and what his impact has been over Aotearoa over the last few years in particular? Well, for me, the journey uh, to understanding Matariki um, was was last year, and I knew a little bit about Matariki, but uh, I had the opportunity to sit down with 33 students to talk in and, in and around Matariki and what it meant to them and putting the connections together between Matauranga Māori and the effects that it has um, um, through our whole our, our environment, the taiao, our whenua, their land, and, of course, um, those that have gone before us, our kai, um, our food, everything like that. So when we were doing the, the study on Matariki, um, a name that kept coming up was Rangi Mātāma um, and a tōhonga in uh, Māoridom in and around uh, his understanding and his passing down of the knowledge of what Matariki uh, means to to everybody and what it should mean to us um, and the understanding of actually what Matariki is. So to get Rangi on the on the on the show today, mate, I just couldn't sleep. I was like, you know, I spent you know it's a good part of a month just in full study of Matariki last year, and then you got to stand up and talk talk, everyone has to stand up and talk for it for 15 minutes. It was quite funny actually, Louis, because yesterday after we went to the New Zealand Rugby Union um, strategy meeting, I had to go and listen to my daughter who was in the same course that I did, the full immersion course, and she was talking about Matariki, so um, her corridor was Atahua. It was beautiful, all about uh, Puanga and, and from the Taranaki iwi, because Matariki across the country means something different to uh, each iwi, and, and we'll, we'll ask Rangi about that, no doubt, but I just think the timing of it um, and for him to come on our show, such a busy man, I've got to um, take my hat off and say thank you to Aroha for yeah. for talking to um, her whanau and, and bringing them on to be a part of the, the show today, because it's... Um, Mate, it's fitting. That's all. That's really all Morena I can say. Aroha. Oh, Robbie, can we turn Aroha's news booth on? I would just like to say it's Matariki. So and instead of like dragging out the A, it's Mata. You know, like um, when you mutter a word, Matariki, not Matariki. And I know it's it's a tough one. So Matariki. It's actually short for uh, na mata utiariki or the. Or, Na mata o te ariki tāwhiri mātea, the eyes of the god of tāwhiri mātea. So there you go, something. Isn't that beautiful? Matariki. Matariki, yeah. Matariki. So you know when you mutter, like yeah, a nutter. got it. Matariki. Matariki. And Rangi is, now he's many things. Don't, because I might say something rude. And his rap sheet is <laughs> extensive. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, Do you mean I was, the one I was writing on the, record or, or <laughs> your one? I was writing the notes on him this morning and I was thinking, it's like the list is on and on and on. What an interesting guy just doing a bit of research on him. And um, Now, he's your cousin, right? He's your cuz. That's what they tell me. <laughs> yes, he is. And uh, we went to Victoria University together. Um, see, this is last night because I don't want to make it too in-house, but just so that everyone gets a... Gives a bit of a feeling for, you know, how we are far, though. I'm sitting there trying to write some notes out for Louis to give a, a real portrayal of my dear cousin. But all the things I was writing were, like, funny, and they weren't probably airable. So I thought, I'm just going to let Louis Google him instead. <laughs> and um, But Rangi is 
one of those people you knew really early on was, and probably from our grandfathers as well, our grandfathers are brothers, um, really early on, he was going to do really cool things. He was mischief, which makes him so much more fun. And he's one of those wonderful public speakers who doesn't talk at you. He takes you on his quest. I call him Star-Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of grabbed this. Whole, and he's done something that's almost a bit mission impossible. And I know that there will be people who are really sick of Kaupapa Māori. There are the ones that, you know, they message TV1 when the TV reporters speak, say the word kia ora, And there are always that group of people. Rangi has somehow managed to cast this net, which is very matariki, cast a net over an entire nation and mm. kind of um, catch everybody and haul them along on his quest um, in, a, in a really lovely way. And I didn't know that's what he was destined for, but I knew he was destined for cool stuff. You know what they're calling him, Araha? They call mm. him the superstar of matariki. Superstar Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a it's a it's a it's a fitting um, title that you're giving him, Aroha, because it, I have others. It's story, you know, it's the storytelling of Maori uh, in times such as this that is, you know, for me, you know, where you can sit down and listen to them for hours talking about, you know, the history and how he's picked up. Um, the manifest, the 400-page manifest from his koro to, to spend the last 20 years dissecting it and still, uh, till this day, understanding it himself and passing that knowledge down. It took iho ki you know what I mean? So to both me and you about, you know, what it actually means. So uh, just to get him on for, you know, our 15 minutes today is just, I think, well, I was thinking about the outcome of this interview today a lot of people if you get a chance to tune in uh, after seven to, to listen to uh, Rangi uh, talk about Matariki you're going to be so enriched about uh, this time of year from someone no better who, who can talk about it so I uh, just want to say um, e mihi akwe, um, moto mahi, uh, for getting, getting us Rangi today it's, it's such a privilege Oh, sweet ass, bro. And also, <laughs> he's not boring. So if you're finding everything about this boring, when he gets on, you'll love him. You'll Do, want more of I him. I wonder if he's got a favourite uh, Māori All Black. Maybe we should ask him. Maybe we should ask him who his favourite Māori All Black of all time is. Uh, Jade, this, I found the text here regard, regarding Rua. Uh, Rua Tepoki is everything a Māori All Black should be. His mana, his leadership, his no-nonsense attitude from the front is my favourite. And I thought that was uh, a great text. So we've tracked him down, Kempi, and that'll be cool. Yesterday we did get along to New Zealand Rugby and heard about their re-imagined, rugby reimagined and their 2025 strategy. And I think New Zealand Rugby is, uh, they are definitely changing the way they do their business they're changing who they are and they have been for a while now and I think yesterday inviting a lot of people along to hear about who they are as a business the things they are doing that maybe we weren't aware of around inclusion diversity uh, analytics technology really trying to emphasize that they are a modern business and and want to move forward and it was more away from the actual on-field, so it was more the business of New Zealand rugby rather than the, the sport of rugby in Aotearoa. But they did talk and make a big emphasis, and they really wanted us to know that rugby is community, and they see community as rugby in New Zealand. Yeah, well, look, I found it really interesting. Uh, it's, it's the first time I've ever been to a, a media all-black scrum 
um, so to speak, where uh, every media outlet in New Zealand looked like they were there. It isn't often like that, to be No, fair. And, and, you know, the room was packed, and I was expecting more of a strategic uh, uh, presentation from Mark Robinson, but it, for me it, it was um, simply a PR exercise to connect with the media and bring them into a room to say, you know, this is what we're about, where we're moving towards in the future, and then talk to about a number of key components and elements that uh, were in the strategy as opposed to what the strategy actually was rolling um, out. So, mate, they've got to be happy. They've got to be happy with how many people turned up. Um, and you know, you've got to remember too, you know, they've just signed the $300 million uh, Silver Lake deal that, that really will... I guess, Louis, make a change to, to New Zealand rugby and the face of New Zealand rugby, especially in the community. So um, one of the things he talked about is that there's some risks associated with it and they'll make mistakes, but they're looking to sort of bring the game into the future and uh, with this new uh, 2025 strategy that uh, they, they rolled out yesterday. Yeah, that's that was an interesting part. I, I didn't take many notes, but just a couple of things piqued my interest. One was that more risks, and we're going to fail fast, and we're going to keep going. Um, you know, I, I was thinking, where are you willing to risk, and what does that necessarily mean as a business? So the community side of it's really um, obvious. They rugby as community go anywhere in New Zealand. You know that the probably the centre of the town is the rugby fields if it's not the town hall, and, and we kind of get that. But the willing to risk and fail fast, I thought that was really interesting. So it kind of earmarked maybe a, a changing of the guard at New Zealand Rugby and what they will be doing, the things we'll see them doing. And I think they wouldn't have invited us there yesterday to talk about it if they didn't want people watching out. So watch out for New Zealand Rugby. See the organisation progress moving forward. The other thing is they're going to be awfully accessible. So we're going to we're going to be able to follow along with the journey. And, um, yeah, it's an exciting time for sport in New Zealand. And it just feels so cool. It's all coming around up. Uh, it's all coming around Matariki. It's just everything I've read and learnt about Matariki over the last wee while, it's kind of being this week. It just kind of feels like there's a real sporting tie into it, Kempi. We've got the uh, Kiwis here where we're looking back on the past Kiwis players. You talking to Dylan Brown yesterday was so, so cool. And, and this going on with uh, New Zealand rugby as well, almost like a, a born again kind of situation. It's um it's an interesting time. Yeah, yeah. I just want to wish Dylan Brown, we forgot uh, it was his birthday yesterday too. So it was a special day for him first uh, first interview you know, on radio in a Kiwi jersey, celebrating your birthday with a Kiwi team. I couldn't think of any, any better birthday present myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just I, I listened to that interview again this morning coming into work. Uh, yeah, and you sort of miss things, you know, when you're, when you're interviewing, you sort of miss things. But what I didn't miss uh, was that I could hear in his voice just how excited he was to finally be in camp and represent New Zealand. Um, and of course represent as whānau so yeah big week of sport I think a big week of sport across the board Can't wait question of the day Right well gee whiz we knew it was coming didn't we the next PGA player PGA Tour player to join Sharky Greg Norman's LIV Golf World Tour backed by the Saudi Arabians of course the Empire (sighs) Brooks Kepka. Four-time major winner, absolutely dominant at his peak. He's adored by golf fans in America, probably because him and Bryson feud, and people usually take Brooks's side. But he's followed Bryson to the LIV World Tour. 
Man, we must be getting close to that player that you don't want the PGA Tour to lose. So who is it? Double eight, double three. I've got a $50 TAB bonus bet or 0800-150-811. Who is the next PGA Tour star to go? Who's the next cab off the rank? Because now it's getting to the point, every single time one of these stars goes, it makes it easier for the next one. Because they want to, they will say, the athletes will say, we want to be on the most competitive tour. So every time a star like Brooks goes, it makes it easier for the next one. Who is the next PGA Tour player that you can see pulling stumps from the PGA Tour and heading to Sharky Norman's LIV Golf? Man, Brooks Kepka did not really expect to wake up to that one. PGA Tour, even after all the success I've just had with McElroy, the Canadian Open, and the US Open being a success, LIV Tour is hovering with intent. 22 minutes past six. Give us a call, 0800 150 811 if you're a golf fan. I've got a $50 TAB bonus bet for the best nomination. Kempe gives his after this. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It. You are 27 past six this morning. Is he sleeping in after a big day in the snow yesterday? Kempe here in his camouflage, though, so I can't see him. And Charlie's <laughs> on the line on 0800 150 on the road. What's the player, Charlie? This LIV golf is actually starting to build some serious momentum, isn't it? Yeah, I think Smitty called this a few months ago, mate. It's, um, it's like the Kerry Packer, which turned into the IPL. There are a number of golf tours... And there are lots of golfers around. And it just depends. The golfers that won't go are those who are altruistic and maybe think it's not all about the money, but it's about the competition. And the LIV may fail, but the odds are that it won't. It'll stay there and it'll become just another golf tour. I think maybe Rory might jump across or, I don't know, the the likes of Zalatoris and Schaffler, the new up-and-comers, may not. But it's here to stay, mate. It won't go away, and it's just going to be another tour. And eventually, guys that play on the PGA Tour, play in the European Tour, occasionally play in the Asian Tour, there'll be four tours. They'll just have to maybe cut the number of events they have, and then everybody can just go and play where they want. Yeah, I agree. It's not going away, Charlie. What about this, though? Is there a chance, and how far away is it, that the LIV Tour is the better tour to watch because the pedigree of players is stronger? Uh, that's a tough one. I think it might take a long time for that. Um, like, I don't know how many people in Australia watch the RPL, but they all watch the Big Bash because they've got their own good event now. There's not many people watch Super Smash in New Zealand. Maybe more watch RPL. I think the PGA is going to be the top tour for a long, long time, but the LIV is coming, mate. It'll, it's probably... Number three at the moment behind the European Tour and the PGA, as far as viewing is concerned, because of the quality of the golfers are playing. But give it another year, mate. It'll, it'll be up there with those two. Yeah, don't mind it, Charlie. Appreciate your call. We uh, saw you after $50 TV bonus bet. Straight to the point, kids. Let's hook Charlie up. Uh, Kimpy, are you worried if you're the PGA Tour? Well, you would be. Well, of course you would be. Yeah. You know, like uh, I, I like what Charles Barkley said about about the money that comes to the table. Of course you take it. I think what you're seeing at the moment is... What did he actually say about it, though? Well, you can't really say what he said on, on air, but, you know, he'd do, he'd do some awful things <laughs> to his cousins um, just to get that money. <laughs> See, the, the funny thing about it, Louis, is that 
you've got a certain amount of people that are earning really good money at the top end, but then the rest of them aren't earning a hell of a lot at all. And those that have been there and done that, they're going out the back end, like like we're seeing that coming in and picking up hundreds of millions of dollars. So I think the temptation there and what we're seeing at the moment is the dominoes are starting to fall in their favour. And LIV will attract more and more players as the money gets put underneath their noses. Yeah, it's momentum. It's momentum, 100%. It's momentum because it gets easier for every one of these players to make the call. The call become, the call was, at the start, for guys like Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson, it was a volatile call that they expected backlash. Now for Brooks, it's kind of like, well, his other guys are playing on it and the money's great and he's already won four majors and all these PGA Tour events, all of a sudden you're starting to justify it in your own head about why these guys would go. So what do you think the other players are doing? Yeah. 29 away from seven. I can see a world in which, and, and the next name, Colin Morikawa, is being thrown around at rate of knots. He's denied it, but this is what I mean. The rumour mill is swirling, and you have to wonder. 29 away from 7 a.m., 0800-150-811. Be like Charlie. Jerome says, is he dag to LIV? Well, Mahurst at Millbrook would have to let him off their contract there because I don't think he's ever leaving. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. Love racing.nz after Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> SENZ, we're 25 minutes away from 7am this morning. How long will this money last, though, says Tim on double eight double three, the Temper Bed Post text machine? Forever, Tim. Kempi, do you know how much money the Saudis have? Endless. they got money. they got trees, mate. They grow it on. How many stars has Lucky <laughs> Matamor counted in the sky? That's how much money. How much money they got? <laughs> that's how. That's how much money the Saudis have. <laughs> Coincidentally, Rangi is up after seven o'clock talking Matariki this morning. Though, uh, looking forward to that and everything involved with it. Friday, it's not just a public holiday; it's a seminal moment for New Zealanders. So uh, we'll learn a bit more about it here at SENZ uh, after seven a.m. Keep your messages coming through at double eight double three. Great proof that people never think they have enough money. Kepka's won US thirty seven million, and I'd argue he's still in his prime. And that's just winnings, not deals, from Matt. Yeah, and look, I don't, and I don't think you're saying this, Matt, but I don't begrudge a bloke or a lady who's a sports person and that are and that have a chance to make a hell of a lot of money for themselves, Kempi, and set up their family, not just. For now, but their generations to come, I guess there comes to a point where you go, how much do you need? But that's probably not the way a lot of people look at it. Uh, look, the the cream is always going to get the most of the money. You know, Mickelson, the Mickelsons, the Woods, the, all those type of players that you know got more money than a ball can can let go of. Um, you know, I, I just think what you're missing the point is here is the, the the next groups. You know, those that are retired and those that are underneath it that are looking at a paycheck to say, well. If I play golf for another 10, 15 years, there's no way in the world I'm going to earn that much money. I can retire after four years. And I can retire and I can look after my family and I can look after generations after that. And that's basically what that decision comes down to, Louis. Why would you grudge a person that makes that decision? Well, there's a few reasons. In this 
instance, some people do deeply morally object to the Saudi backside of it, and I don't begrudge someone that has that standpoint. Personally, I haven't spent enough time thinking about it to know where I would sit. Uh, do you not watch Newcastle games because they own they owned by the Saudi Arabia? You know, like there are so many. Do you do you not shop at brands? This comes down to so many ethical questions about the way we live our lives. And do you eat meat? Do you do this? Do you shop here? And that, and that's my point. Like, if you really wanted to dig deep into any part, even the um, the got the the open and stuff like that, like they they wouldn't they wouldn't let colours on the golf course. That's right. So, so, it, so you know, there's, there's always an argument as to why you wouldn't support it. But when the the fact of the matter is, when Kepka had that money put in front of him, his decision was basically, I guess, made like, man, I'm out, I'm done. This is this basically looks after me for the rest of my life. Lorenzo Insigne is a football player who is one of Europe's finest. He's in his prime, but chose to play in the MLS with Toronto for a huge bag to look after his family. Is it a game of ethics, says Jerome. Jerome, love to have you call the show sometime on 800 Love racing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Today, we're racing at Pukekohe. I've actually got a couple of chances that I think are good bets. They are short, though. So, hmm. I don't know if you want to be taking shorties on a heavy track at Pukekohe today, but... I'll tell you the theory behind these. Let's start in race four. It's a heavy 10 at Pukekohe today. The horse's name, and it's a locally trained horse, and it is the top weight, so already you're thinking, come on, Louis, and a maiden. Mi Libres. And it's trained by uh, Cooksley and Wallace there, Bruce Wallace, great Cooksley. Now, the reason I've found this is it's run, had seven starts and it's run a couple of nice races to turn me loose gouting. It gets through the wet, no issue. So the heavy track isn't going to be an issue. The reason I like it is last start, it went down, and we tipped this horse this start, it went down by a margin of 2.3 lengths to Cake by the Ocean. Now, Cake by the Ocean came out in this next start and absolutely brained them at Ruakaka. The only thing I'd be worried about here is uh, Mi Libres has to, has to step up off that performance because the swing and weights, you do get Michael McNabb for your troubles. You get the good barrier and barrier three. Hopefully the track is in all right condition still after well, by race four. But it still needs to lift just because of the swing and the weights. But I think at $3.30, I'm willing to risk it. Give me all your loving. Uh, the beautifully bred Waikato stud filly is the one that I'd be looking at each way in that race. But I'm going to go with me, Libres. The next one I want to alert you to is race number eight, and it's Powerful Moss. Now, I just thought Powerful Moss... Uh, sorry, race number... Three, Magic Ace. Excuse me, getting my, getting my uh, races mixed up. Magic Ace. And again, at this time of year, it's a really similar situation. It's Craig Grills. It's got the top weight. But at this time of year, I like form races that you can draw from, especially when you get a bunch of horses you haven't necessarily heard of before because they're starting through winter. Uh, last start, it ran behind Billy Bunter. What did Billy Bunter do on the weekend? Came out at Tarapa and went an absolute huge one. Was wide and nearly ran them down. Uh, this Magic Ace gets to stay in maiden territory. Billy Bunter progressed through the grades and went a massive uh, race for second in the weekend. So race number three, number one, Magic Ace. Race number four, number one, Me Libres. Taking two top weights in the heavy. It's a little bit sketchy, but they're just the two strongest form races 
coming out into this meet. So that was my theory there today. Your messages on double eight, double three, and Kempi, New Plymouth Raceway is going to be raced on again. So. Finally, six months, mate. Got the uh, track back open. They'll be happy down there. Alan will be happy. You know, he's uh, got some got some home racing coming up. The Pinocchi Cup, um, one of them, and yeah, mate. About time. About time is all you can say. So they've had Grillsy out there. They've had the, the stewards, the track uh, speed inspectors, and it's good to go. 19 away from 7 this morning. 0800 150811. Charlie snagged one bonus bet today, but I don't know why. We're feeling uber generous, and we got another one. We got a $50 TAB bonus bet for Quizzy Dag today. Kempi's yeah. the Quizmaster. 0800 150811 is the name away. of the game. Willem and Travel, if you win, you go on the draw to ha- go with Willem and Travel to the Goldie 500. You know this to by the now. the Indy 500. Come on. You're going to Monaco Grand Prix. <laughs> You're not. You're going to the Goldie Coast 500. Give us a call. Call out. On your radio, giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. Oh, 800 150 811, you're mine. It's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to wonder who that voice was singing that song. Man, haven't heard that for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Quizzy Izzy Dag, he's sleeping (laughs) Down at Millbrook at the moment, enjoying the snow, enjoying the golf, enjoying his whanau, Izzy. We miss your brother. And, uh, yep, we're going to the Quizzy Dag to go to the Indy 500. And Goldie Mono- 500. No, we're going to Monaco, mate. I've changed Indy. it. We're going to go to Monaco. Okay. So we're, we're we need more promise callers. things we can't deliver, mate. Legally, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we go. We're going to go to uh, Brenton. Morning to Brenton. <laughs> hey, brother. Hey, brother. How are you? Where are you, brother? What's cold, the weather? What's... Give you the tip. Yeah, we're about to say, what's the weather like? I'm in Auckland, man. It's a beautiful day coming. Ah, uh, it is. All right. Okay. Tomorrow. All right. All right. Okay. Let's keep... Come on, Kimby. <laughs> Come on, Kimby. <laughs> Here we go. Brandon, first question. Which all white was announced to return to the Wellington Phoenix? It's not Shane Smeltz. I don't know. Um, I'm phone a friend, brother. Oh, I don't know. Um, Red card. Red card in the last game the All Whites played. Oh, that Barbarossa guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say something Barbados related, but no. Yeah, he's still waking up. Anyway, who is the Highlanders' new head coach? Don't have two phone friends, can I, brother? Absolutely not. Later. <laughs> <laughs> hey, poor, poor Brenton. We're going to go to Damon. More than a Damon. What in the boys? How are you? Oh, good. Good boy. Hey, um, so question number two. Who's the Highlanders' new head coach? Oh, 
That'll do. That's it. Right, here we go. What is the Warriors' record for the most losses in a row? Ooh, Jesus. We've had a few bad runs. Um, Can I phone a friend, please? Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith. Nine? Yeah, too easy. Too easy. I like that, Louie. Where's Lydia co-ranked in the World Women's Golf Rankings? She's gone well, too. Three. Oh! So close. (laughs) Thanks, anyway. Unlucky, mate. Unlucky. We're going to... John in the O3. Yep, we got you there, Hornet. Morena, Morena. Where's Lydia co-ranked in the World... World Women's Golf. Four, I think, isn't it? I think you just dropped Four. down one, didn't you? Here we go, brother. This is the this is the question. Oh, and hey, John, I tell you what, yeah, this is right in your wheelhouse, and there's a fifty dollars TV bonus bit up for grabs here. So this Goldie five hundred, mate. Here we go. You're taking me, all right? You're taking go, me go. if you get this. Not easy. Easy, easy, easy. Okay, all right. You'll get this too because this is easy. Which player holds a record for the most Super Rugby appearances? <laughs> Oh, I've got it wrong. I have to go, Richie. Uh, <laughs> well, you won't. You don't, you don't have uh, to do uh, anything, yeah. but you, you're wrong, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. I know now. <laughs> John. Cheers, brother. Cheers, brother. John, 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 John. Never mind. We're going to Jade and Hamilton. Morena, Jade. You there, Jade? Oh, not there, Jade. Jade? Jade. Hello? Oh, Morena, Jade, Morena. Hey, last question. This is to go in the go in the draw, get that $50 TAB voucher. Which player holds the record for the most Super Rugby appearances? Oh, can I have a clue on this one, please? It's not <laughs> He's quick on the draw. He's quick on the draw. Yeah, it's Wyatt Crocker, eh? Oh! Oh, no. Well done. Absolutely nailed it, Jade. And you got your man Rua up after 8 o'clock today. We got anything you want us to ask him? Oh, how's his hands after that? Which one? I don't think we will be going. <laughs> which one? Which one? No, 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 yeah, Kippy. There's a few of them. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's not why he's one of the great Māori All Blacks of all time. Okay, seven away from seven. Don't encourage that, Kempi. It's not. Ruza will not be asking Bring it that. back. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Thank you, Jade. Well done, White Crockett. Taylor, you were up next and you had it in your grasp. I know you're a Crusaders fan. I could feel it. After this, Kempi's off the back fence and you're going to keep your hands in your pockets. Seven away from seven is in Kempi for breakfast. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. How fitting our Māori All Blacks have been selected and get to play during Matariki. Matariki is the Māori name for the cluster of stars that rises in midwinter. Hiwa Itarangi is one of those stars. Yes, it is connected to the promise of a prosperous season. Hiwa means vigorous growth. Man, that's cool. It is Hiwa that Māori would send their dreams and desires for the year in the hope that they would be realised. Similar to the notion, Louis, of wishing upon a star. 
And this year, some wishes, they do come true as the Māori All Blacks who play the Irish get to do so under the watchful eye of Mātariki. How cool is that? You know, this time of year, getting to run around and knowing that those uh, nā whetū, those stars, are looking down on you. Tiru here, king of whetū, look to the stars. Mō tō wawata kona. That's where your dreams and aspirations are. There you go, Kimpi. Uh, I think, yeah, bang on there. It's a really seminal point. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Especially we got coming up after 7 o'clock this, mor- this morning, Rangi Matamua, who's been the professor of the sky. Uh, Aroha calls him Star-Lord as well as Kazi, I think it was. He's been called the, the Prince of Matariki, everything under the sun. We're just going to call him uh, Professor Rangi and, and say we, we'll find out a little bit about Matariki and what it means to New Zealand and I think you're right around the Māori All Blacks like they must be pulling on that and leaning on that to get ahead of this game against Ireland yeah I'd say that that'd be playing a big part of their preparation um yeah you know man imagine being a kid and you finally getting to represent the Māori All Blacks you know in that that kaupapa would be massive for a number of those players from around the around the mutu so all the best boys go get them huge and we've got some good messages here on the LIV Golf we'll get to before we get to Rangi. Coming up after this, we're going to talk Matariki. Really looking forward to it. We've got so much coming up throughout the rest of the show. After you get him at Cafe Coffee, is Aroha with the news for Kubota. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Finals Fever Sale and find 20% off the Wagner Body Science range. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. CNZ, four minutes past seven o'clock, 22nd of June. We are past the shortest day of the year, and it is fresh around the country this morning. Welcome. Great to have your company, Kempi and myself, Louis Herman Watt, through until 9am, and we have a big show coming up in a huge hour, actually. Um, we're going to talk to Rua Tapoki to start next hour. Great Māori All Black, former Munster player, among Blues, uh, North Harbour, of course. Play for the Crusaders, even. I wonder if he celebrated that title in the weekend. Kimber. No, he'd be celebrating. He'd play for everybody. With <laughs> the pokey coming up, and um, very shortly we're going to learn about Matariki with the man. Played league too, mate. You know that? Do it. Yep. Talk I believe to, it. Talk to him about that. Won a title with East Coast. That's exactly right. Came back, went down to Ruatoria there. Uh, and coming up, we're going to talk to the man who really is responsible for Matariki, our Friday public holiday Um that we're going to observe this Friday for the first time. So very excited for that. A couple of texts here to round off on the golf. When LOV get to play at the name courses like St Andrews, Pebble Beach, etc., that's when they will have broken the establishment. That's from Richard. And Richard, I think this is the best point we've had on this. I think you're right. I think the courses and the venues have a huge part to play, Kimpy. Oh, yeah, man. Well, that's what that's 
one of the big reasons why players play so that they get on get on the big stage. You know, like the Wem, the Wembleys, the the oh, the Eden Parks. Yeah, you know, just a, a couple of a couple of stadiums that I liked um, and aspired to play at. You know, so you're dead right about that texter saying that you know if you do go and get those Pebble Beaches and St Andrews and and places like that to play your tournament, well, I guess you cracked it. And that's exactly right. So I, I don't know how far away that is. And yeah, I don't so know what sort of... will happen. I don't know how that really works with those venues. Do they have their own board? I think they must have their own their own governance. So do they choose to then... Are they bound? Do they have, like, decade-long contracts with the tours, with the majors? I don't know. If anybody... Richard, if you know more about how that would actually come to fruition... Get through. Um, come back through to us on double eight, double three. Matt's come back again and said, "Sorry, my point was more. I can understand the old and the new guys having a crack, but it's worrying for the PGA that prime players are doing it, and more than a couple now. This could be the death knell." Ooh, it's a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, you could be right, though. That's, Brooke, a, that's a heartfelt text message, that one. Well, Matt, you're right. And Brooks Kepka is in his prime, and he, he's been starting to play some really nice golf again. So um, interesting to see if that happens. And, Charlie, the amount of money that sports people paid is a direct correlation to the number of players who's prepared to watch it and the amount of sponsors who are prepared to have their names associated with it. Don't blame the player. Blame the game for the amount of money that they earn. Blame yourself for watching it. Cheers, Charlie. Well, that's true, but Kempi, like, this isn't a broadcast deal. This is a Saudi-backed competition, and that's a different revenue stream altogether. Well, you've got all that stuff to add to it. Like, you know, one texter there said, you know, the, the money that they've earned from the PGA Tour is less all the, all the deals in the background that are made, you know, sponsorship deals, you know, um, percentages, you know, players getting paid to actually represent in tournaments. Every, I'm pretty sure every every tournament that Tiger Woods gets in there, he's picking up more than the winner's check anyway, um, just to participate. So, you know, there's, at the end of the day, we're talking ridiculous amounts of money that are going to change people's mind. And um, I think I think at the crux, so you can you can talk about all sorts of stories left, right, and centre. But at the end of the day, it's about what the guys are putting in their back pocket. Do you know, in a way, this is it's not completely dissimilar to dudes that that's what's been going on in the boxing with um, guys like Logan Paul, Floyd May- Mayweather, Mike Tyson, these quote unquote celebrity fights, where people are saying well, they're devaluing the sport, but they are cha- finding a new demographic, and also. I think the other thing is that they're actually... Can you blame them for cashing in on their likeness and cashing in on their career point? Not at all. Not at all. I think, you know, I think those guys are well ahead of the game. Um, the Logan Pauls and and the way that... Uh, I was talking, talking about it yesterday, I think the Trevor, about how kids are watching uh, the game these days. You know, like, back in, back in my day, when we used to watch the All Blacks, for instance, we'd get together and sit down and watch it around a telly. Like, these days, the kids, they want it at the... At the um, touch of their fingertips when they want to watch it. You know what I mean? That's, that's, right. that's why you have podcasts. That's right. That's why you have social media. And and one of the other things that I think the kids of these um, of today is that they actually like to be excited about stuff um, regularly. They don't want to sit down and watch uh, stuff that is quite boring. Why you have the you know the the IPL? Why you have all these hybrid games coming out of sport? So. Um, man, I didn't look. I don't. I've never begrudged people from from you know making the most out of sport as they can. 
uh, if you if you do that, mate, you've got you've got a chip on your shoulder. The changing face of way sport is consumed, and it's not actually just about sport; it's about media or kind of content in general. TikTok, Netflix, streaming, the whole changing face of digital and app based uh, learning and viewing and cons- consumption. Sport has to understand that it is a huge part of it. And New Zealand rugby yesterday, Kempi, we went to long to hear New Zealand rugby's rugby reimagined scenario and their 2025 strategy. Their deal with Silver Lake, technology is a huge part. I found it interesting. They talked more about technology than they did about performance. But I guess they know that one way or another, you can't always depend on a team winning, but you can depend on what they have built, which is an empire of IP and the brand of the All Blacks and New Zealand rugby is so powerful globally. How do you find new ways, whether that's technologically via um, a robot, via these speakers that talk to you, all these different ways to share your content and what they already have and what they own with this new generation of fans. And I think that's where yesterday they admitted that in some areas they'd done a good job, in some areas they hadn't done quite a, a good enough job there and doing that. So I was fascinated to hear them talk about that. Yeah, look, I, I'm a firm believer of evolution. I think... I think um the way sport will be watched in the future will be it'll be watched in your lounge room, uh, not at stadiums. You'll be actually putting on a, a 3D virtual reality um, headset. It'll you also put on a maybe an all black jersey, and so that all black jersey have a heap of sensors. And what you'll do is you'll watch a game, and you could actually participate in that game as a player if you want, and and feel the impact through the sensors of of these shirts that you're wearing. I think that's where it's going. I think, me personally, I think that's where it's going. I think the stadiums won't be full. They will be full inside your virtual reality. And and this is, if you think about it, if you're selling 35,000 tickets, let's, let's argue that you're selling 35 tickets to go and sit a game. Imagine selling 35 million tickets. Yeah, well, it's a, it's like the, the metaverse and all these things. We give metaverse Mitch, Mitch McClendon a hard time, but, um, you know, the... The, the whole it's not even a landscape but the whole way we think about how sport will be consumed we don't even know where it's going but it is the job of New Zealand rugby the job of the government the job of all of these leading businesses and tech businesses to partner and work with other companies to make sure that they are at the forefront of it because what they have as a product and as a business is what everyone wants but if you're not giving it to people connecting with people what's the point of having it uh, we're just having a little bit of trouble tracking down Rangi Mata who is so busy this week because he is Mr. Matariki and that's totally understandable. We do have Richie from the Carpety Coast, one of our favourite listeners on the line. He's given us a call. Uh, how do you, How do you? what's your relationship like with Matariki, Richie? Is that what you want to have a chat about? Yeah, mate. Hey, uh, look, um, Kempi's off the, off the fence the other day. He was going on about how the, it hasn't been advertised for the Kiwis and that. I, I think both rugby and league have missed a big opportunity. Why couldn't we have a Matariki Cup where North Island versus South Island, Maoris, open grades, you could have, you know, it could have been a, a week-long event to a month-long event if you want to take it to professional stages. It's, mate, it's I, you know, I've, I'm starting to look into the Maori culture a lot more and mate, I'm, I think we just missed a big opportunity for some for revenue for sports clubs and, and, and to get people out, out and about. Like, you, we could have made, you know, Take it back to ground roots. Imagine going to a park and seeing um, some professional players playing in for the South Island Maldives or North Island Maldives playing each other. You know, it's 
think we've missed out on a big opportunity. Yeah, look, look, Richie, I think um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that international uh, stuff next week. But, you know, there... It is it is a, a heap of missed opportunities. I you know, I'm just not talking about Matariki. I'm talking about, you know, why are we playing the, the, the Tongans in the window in in origin when we should be concentrating on origin and separately about internationals and, and you're right around grassroots, you know, the more events we can um this this was a part that was missing from the the New Zealand rugby union yesterday. There wasn't much discussion about what it means in the strategy to clubs and, and provinces. I was expecting to hear what the $300 million Silver Lake deal and part of that strategy was for grassroots and the provinces in that rugby sector. Um, and you're right, you know, you can create events in and around such a prestigious occasion like Matariki um, or or any other occasion, like what you're talking about. I was talking to Louis about it yesterday, like the North and South game. Like when I played trials for the Kiwis in 1988, we played two games which were basically test matches here in New Zealand with a possible and probables to pick the 1988 World Cup team. Now, I remember growing up watching North and South play for the rugby, um, which was a, a North-South game for the, was basically a trial for the All Blacks. I think, I think it can do no worse than going back to the old way that they used to think. It, 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 it's pretty much New Zealand state of origin, isn't it? North versus South, and it, it's, mate, I, you know, it, you, you could even run out, you know, a master's grade, mate. We could get you back out there. You know, it's... Hey, Richie, no one, no one wants to see if that, they can mate. play it in a golf cart. Off the back fence is verb, a verbal assault only, okay? Hey, Richie, I appreciate you, uh, cool. And I, I, honestly, I, I like what you're thinking around the, the opportunity, what Matariki is, and, and where what? sport could have worked with it. You look look at how many um, Pacific Island games we've got. You know, we've got uh, Samoa versus, um, is it Fiji? I oh, know, Fiji versus, and that, all those. We could have had Papua like Guinea. a Matariki Cup. Yeah. yeah. We've, we could have had like a whole week with Matariki Cup and, you know, even make it a month. You know, I'd, mate, I'd love to go and watch some of these um, Island Nations play and, and, I wonder, Richie. You know, part of me wonders whether these sporting organisations wanted to watch Matariki for the first time around. And I think it's, it's if I don't know, this is just me reading between the lines. Either it's come up and it's caught caught a lot of people off uh, off guard about what it actually was, or and they didn't do their due diligence on how big it was going to be to the nation, or they wanted to watch it for the first year and then moving forward in years, see how many people take the time off, see how what, what the opportunity is, where does it fit in the sporting calendar. But I like what you're thinking. 16 minutes past seven, I'm here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. On the other side of this, we've got our All Black selection to get through, plus plenty more sport. Kempi's fired up for a massive week of rugby league, and hopefully before the end of the show as well, we can catch up with our man, Professor Rongi, Rangi Mata, uh, Mata Matamua. Mua. Can't read my own handwriting after them. Uh, and learn a bit more about Matariki and what we could do, where the tie-ins with sport could be. 16 minutes past seven, back after this. It's time for the great selection. It's Izzy and Kempi's All Blacks 23. SENZ, 22 minutes past 7am this morning. The great selection, Izzy and Kempi's All Blacks 23. Well, today, Kempi, it's 15, which means 23, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. We are eight shows away from the first All Blacks test of the year. Is that exciting for you? Oh, yeah, well, I'm... (laughs) I'm looking. For, I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to the to the games. I want to see the improvement from the back end of last year. 
and and if there is any, and I guess some questions that need to be answered after the final of the of the Super um, Final, where the All Black front row got towed up by a couple of young blokes. I think that's where it all starts. Wow, gee whiz! Actually, it's funny you say that. We better get through our fullback because I know everybody's desperate to know who it was. Will Jordan. He's already on the right wing, mate. <laughs> Lobs the pass wide. And quick hands. He's going to get four. And he is going to create a record. Name man of the match already. Jordy Barrett gets four. And he that gets man. 15. I just feel like Jordy Barrett has had so much radio conversation about him over the last six months. Probably his name has been said more than any other rugby player in the world. He's a big dude too. Like yesterday at the at the training session, I was really surprised about how thick and big he is. Gee, that lock can kick. Oh. That's what you were saying. He's a he's. He's, how about how you got he's, asked? He's how about a how you, got, you, got, mate. you got you got invited down to the All Blacks media <laughs> session? It's like your first time ever. Like the, they've got the leaguey on the house, the second class citizen, as you like to call yourself. And then, like within like five minutes of being there, somebody's asked you to take a photo, <laughs> <laughs> and not of you. I know. Of other Unbelievable. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can you take a photo? I was like, dear man, sure, sweet as. So, <laughs> cracks me up. Okay. One job. One job, Tony. One Kent. to 15. This is our All Blacks 23. You've helped <laughs> us compile a double eight, double three. I was losing it. And this is where we went wrong straight away because he's not even in the squad. Lucid prop. Ethan DeGroote. Well, he could be in the second one. Well, today we're picking our uh, first well, our, our reserve Lucid, and I guess it's guys like George Bauer or Aiden Ross, because that's literally the two guys in the squad. George Bauer was our suggestion, my, mine and Izzy's in the first instance. I think you went Tyrell Lomax from memory. Yeah, Tyrell Lomax, that's right. Uh, George Bauer or Aiden Ross to you? I mean, I think you'd probably have to go George Bauer after the weekend. Yep, yep, I, I would. Um, I think the only thing that Tyrell Lomax has got going for him is that they're playing for the Māori, he's been the Māori All Blacks. Well, that's a really good point. Um, so, you know, he's he's going to have match fitness. They're going to be able to see him. And they're going to be able to see how he goes against the Irish front row. There you go. Um, double eight, double three. Who's your reserve loose head prop? I'll let you, we'll allow that. You can throw Tyrell Lomax in there if you want, even though he's not technically in the All Black squad. Aiden Ross, George Bauer. George Bauer's had a pretty good season, I think, in the semi final in particular. He was huge for the Crusaders. So, loose head prop in our starting 23. Ethan DeGroote, uh, hooker, Cody Taylor, tight head prop, off a towing, a farsi. Yeah. Didn't get made to be look world class by the. Could be a good wake-up call. It could be. And he is he has done it for a long time. Brody Retallick, Sam Whitelock. We've had Akira, Artie, and Hoskins as our Lucy's. Well, we know for a fact that Sam Kane will be starting at, at open side. Callum Grace is hard done, boy. Which probably pushes Artie Savia to number eight. Well, unless they wanted to play him at six, like you. Yeah. Uh, I, do, I, just, I just don't think Artie's a number eight. I think he's better suited to the blind side, and you need a bigger body in that number eight position. Well, I think that blind side they want an enforcer though. And that's why is... Callum Grace too, sort of, you know, coming oh, off coming so off the bench. He hits so hard, man. Yeah, he hits so hard. Again, he's on the squad. Akira Yuani, what did you like? Where are you at with Akira? He's oh, so frustrating. Mate, I I rate the kid. I rate the kid. I think he'd be fantastic in a in a league team. Um, 
I guess what people see when you got talent, people expect to see that talent like twenty four seven. You know, ninety nine percent of the time. And what happens with him is he drops in and out too often, and it frustrates people. That's right. And I was listening to a guy yesterday on the radio talking about Akita and how his name. Um, well, his brother's it? name wasn't mentioned a hell of a lot in that game. Well, guess what? A lot of the Blues names weren't mentioned because the Crusaders done a number on the on them and kept them all out of the game. But you know, for me, the kid can play in the right environment, and it's it's that it's that step. You know, like he can take that step up, and we saw that last year on the on the end of year tour. He was arguably one of the best players that went on that tour. Messages coming in already for Aiden Ross as the reserve tight head, uh, Lucy, I should say, keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. Look, Akita. Ah, he's just like just when you think you're done with him, he just he will bump three people off. He'll make a massive tackle, and he concentrates for the whole game. I think one thing that he has stopped doing, which I like, is he stopped being so triggerable. He used to just get caught up in the ah, you know the spraying and the kind of the, the slapping and the, the the jersey punching and all that. Have BS. you noticed that there's a lot of that going on in the NRL at the moment? I have in the NRL yep. and in and in I, I, have. I hate it. It's really pathetic. And I didn't like it when Akira used to do it because Akira had it, the output was wasn't there? I didn't think, and I just when if, if you're not if you're a player doing it and your output's not there, you just look like you're not focused. Mm. But he does need to put a good run together. So that's our Lucy's. I don't think it's right. Artie Hoskins and Aketa halfback. Aaron Smith, yes, fly half, first five. Bowden Barrett, even though Richie Moore outplayed him, that was more a product of the full pack. I think we all agree on that. Uh, I would have had Richie Moore starting at first five, but I don't think that anyone's wrong. With and how, yeah, again yesterday, it's surprising how tiny Richie is. Oh, he's small, he's a short man, he's he's built, he's man. very powerful, yep, and fast. Oh, he's fast, fast twitch fibers, mate. Uh, Quinta Tapaya, second five eight. Yeah, he was being quite solid too when I saw him. I was like, whoa, Rico at center. Ooh. Well, I, mate, I, look, I have to agree with Izzy on this one. I think the All Blacks in the first test are going to go with Dave Havili and uh, Jack Goodyear. I think, I, so. I, I think they'll push uh, possibly Rico out to the wing and, and Will Jordan and start with Geordie at the back. After that, you know, it was an All Black trial do after know, that game. Do you know what I'm wondering? And I, I think it would be real stiff on Dave Havili, but I, I don't think they're going to give up on Rico Yuani yet. And I, I think Jack Goodyear's played a lot of second five, though. I wonder if the proposition of a Jack Goodhue Rico Yuani um, centre pairing interests them. Jack Goodhue super def- super defensively, but actually, as Liam Napier, great rugby scribe for the Herald, pointed out to me yesterday, are you worried about Jack Goodhue's lateral quickness at centre? Izzy has mentioned this before. It's not his strength, whereas Rico has that speed that he can help his ins- no, his outside. He's got way out. more speed than than Goodhue. Yes. Of course, he has, but he ain't got the size. Well, that's why. If you maybe maybe does it does a pairing interest them? I don't know. Now the conversation about the the size of the midfield was to you know to add that bend it you know and Foxy talked about this about bending that line. You have Jack Goodhue in there because he can do that. Well, yeah, and that's what you want, I know. Uh, Caleb Clark on the left wing, Will Jordan on the right, Geordie Barrett at fullback. That's where our ABs 23 lined up. Today we're after our reserve, Lou said. Aidan Ross, George Bauer, do you want to throw Tyrell Lomax into the mix? You can go about it. I think Sevu Reese is going to be a hard luck story if he doesn't make the first 15. Uh, I think 
if Rico gets pushed out of the centres, he deserves the spot on the wing because you can't just disregard what he's done for a long period of time now. But that's where uh, Izzy and Kempe, AB's 23, the great selection has ended up. Today we're after the reserve loose head. We are eight shows away from the first test. And next Wednesday, the Mouldy All Blacks play Ireland. Rua Tapoki up after 8am to talk about his time in Ireland and also playing with the Mouldy All Blacks. Half past seven, Kempe, great quarter there on the All Blacks selection. We'll be back after the What a news. bench, though. What a bench. Richie Mwonga, Sivu Reese, Caleb Clark. <laughs> 29 away from eight. Here's Otto off the news for Kubota. We're shaping and building New Zealand some sports. Headlines up after that. and a half away from eight this morning. We're going to talk physical disability rugby league world cup before the end of the hour. Kempi, uh, that'll be exciting because it's not just rugby league for the able body athletes that's going to be played in the world cup form at the end of the year as well. So uh, we'll learn a little bit more about that by talking to the head coach. Rua Tapoki up after 8am and plenty more on the show. Now I note that Hamish McLennan the chairman of Rugby Australia has laughed. He told City Morning Herald he laughed at former All Blacks criticism of him criticising Super Rugby Pacific. So he's still out of touch. (laughs) And meanwhile, Roger Clark, CEO of the Highlanders down south, said that he does damage to all 12 teams when he speaks like that. And I thought that I had to completely agree because you're not just hurting New Zealand rugby, you're the rugby, Super Rugby Pacific. You're hurting the franchises, your Super Rugby Australian franchises that did hell of a good work this year, the Brumbies. The Waratahs beating the Crusaders. Why don't you back them in for once, man? So I thought that... But, that... Is it, but is, maybe he's doing that. Maybe he's actually backing the, the, the Australian franchises to say, well, let's go out and get our own media rights deal. If it works, sure. You know, maybe he's calling the, the New Zealand's bluff. It, it's bravado. And, yep, yeah, if he's had that communication and he said, hey, I'm going to say this stuff... Don't. Of course, because it, it does hurt other franchises. You're dead right. It does. You know, when, you, when you're saying we're going to pull out the other franchises, well, do we have a competition? Do we actually have a franchise? Brooks Kepke is off to the LIV Golf World Tour, so that's happening. Uh, I don't know if you caught up with that one. And I tell you what, there's plenty more going on, including tomorrow night and SENZ with the third test kicks off uh, against England, the Black Caps. Trent Bolt, uh, he's been over there and he has been playing so well. He got his 10th five-wicket haul. He's been in superb form. He spoke to media and, well, he knows Baz really well. He discussed Baz's immediate effect on the English. Uh, they're playing like I thought he told them to. So, um, yeah, obviously it's a, a new change for English cricket. Um, what a start, really. Like I touched on the games that have been played so far have been thrillers, really. So um, it's exciting for for Test cricket as a whole, and um, yeah, hopefully we see more, many more games like that to, to get many more eyes watching. Yeah, hundred percent. Baz said that's how they were going to play, and they came out and did play. We'll hear from Trent Bolt later on on the show about how the team is feeling after two losses. SENZ live commentary. Coney, uh, we've got Adam Collins, the whole team again. A couple of texts here, Kempi, including. <laughs> oh, you read it. I love it. I love it. Uncle, uncle, uncle. What are you watching? 
On the end of the year tour, Akira was bloody on holiday on that tour. <laughs> the French test, this very station was alive with how poor Akira was. Well, yep, that was before me. And was the only guy they thought was any good. Uh, the only guy that thought he was any good was Ken. <laughs> um, what, Ken Laban or Ken? No, the Ken the texter. The texter. And after the final, um, even the great blue supporter president, Ken, has given up on him. That's from PJ. Yes, PJ, come on. He can do it, mate. I hear you. I hear your passion. I don't know, Ken. I don't know if Ken's ever going to give up on a kid. I actually thought, see, this is an unpopular opinion, but I actually thought on India Tour, he did go missing for large periods. But in general, in an All Blacks jersey last year, whether it was in uh, the Rugby Championship, or one or two glimpses on India Tour, a kid did, I thought, actually put it together. There were long periods of vacancy, though, PJ, to, to your point. He's just a prospect, though. Like, he's got so many physical skills, Kempe, and you can't pick always on... It's just... It's so funny because it, we always look at Jerome Kano as the, the number six that the All Blacks desperately need. But you're never, ever going to get another Jerome Kano. So why don't we just accept these guys for individuals... And have we accepted Akira for what his skill set offers, which is a lot of good things. He's just not strong in certain areas. I just think we've been spoiled. You know what I mean? Like Jerome Kano, Richie McCaw, Kieran Reid, just the stability that they brought to the team. They all played a, a, a specific role for the All Blacks. You knew what you're getting every game. Um, mm. You know, Jerome used to basically cave people in. Oh. Richie was just, you know, always in there... Um, running the line with the referees and getting the ball back, and Kieran Reid, he basically said that uh, Callum Grace was a was a, a prodigy, you know what I mean? Something that look he looked was looking in a mirror. So I think we've just been spoiled. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Who's the who's the All Black that's going to be picked? That's going to be under the most pressure because somebody here, Glenn says, "Hi guys, David Harvey was found wanting on last year's end of year tour." Glenn, you're right, Glenn. He was, and he's spoken about it. He didn't get his body right, and he were found. He got in a form slump, and he struggled to get out of it. And I think it even spilled into this year's Super Rugby. But you got to remember how good David Harvey was earlier on, and in the Rugby Championship with a full pack that was going forward, and then what he did in the final defensively was huge. Offer towing a fast, he will get destroyed by the Irish. So we've already got suggestions. Akira, David, and Offer. Who is the All Black under this much pressure, the most pressure that will be selected, you think, to play the Irish? 21 away from 8. Come through on 0800 150 811, the Kennard's higher phone line. We'd love to hear from you on that. Up after this, we're going to talk to Raymond Greaves. He's the head coach of the Physical Disability New Zealand Rugby League side. They're going to head up to the Rugby League World Cup. We're going to find out how they're going to do it after this. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Quarter of a way from eight this morning, and it's a massive week for rugby league uh, in this country, Kempe. Yeah, it's a big week for rugby league here in New Zealand. You know, with a test match this weekend at uh, Mount Smart, SENZ uh, will be covering that, myself, Dale and Ricardo, so tune in. Um, but it's not the only uh, rugby league game that's being played this year. Also, the disability, physical disability rugby league are heading up to the World Cup in October. And on the line, we have Raymond Graves, uh, Graves who's the head coach of the New Zealand side, uh, joining us. Morena, Raymond. Hey, Morena, Kempi. Morena, Morena. Uh, Pehia, Kui. Uh, Kete Pai. Kete Pai. Oh, Pai. 
Pied up, mate. Hey, um, mate, just uh, thanks a lot for coming on to the show this morning. How's the preparations going for the World Cup? Oh, geez, yo, know, like we're pumping along on track, Kempi. You know, we just come out of a um, another three-day camp over the weekend, and um, yeah, the boys are tracking along really well. You know, we're looking good. Yeah, you've had some support yeah. too, have you, from ex-Kiwis that have been coming into your camp? Just give us a little bit of the support that uh, some of those players like Jerry and Shantane have been, they've been there. Is, and Tawara, Tawara's been a part of it too? Yeah, Tawara was looking to come up with us um, last year. But, yeah, work commitments and life commitments, he's unable to make it with us this year. Um, but, yeah, we've had um, Jerry came in on the weekend. Shawnee comes along quite often, same as Taps, Tony Tatupu, and um, KT, Kevin Thomas, he has a big part to play with us as well. Oh, nice, got, yeah. some, got some legends um, of the game. Just, uh, you know, you guys, are, I know that it's a long way to head up there, um, and it ain't going to be cheap to get to the World Cup. Um, Raymond, what what are you guys doing and as far as fundraising go? And the question, do you get support from the national body or, or anyone of the like? Um, well, firstly, yeah, yeah like um, we're pretty much self-funding, yeah, self-funded. Uh, we're running a lot of um, yeah, the old um, bingo evenings, uh, Quick fire raffles. Yeah, we do have. We have had a lot of support coming from um, the likes of Mad Butch. You know, and he's fantastic to the rugby league community, as everybody knows. You know, um, and we're running a lot of raffles with through through the help of him. Um, as for the local body, you know, financially we would love to have more financial help from them. But hey, uh huh, you know. It is what it is, and we all know that um, yeah, in order to achieve what we're looking to achieve, we can put our hands out and ask for help, but at the end of the day, it's up to us you know, as a squad and as, as a team to um, make sure we get to where we want to be to achieve what we want to. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, we've had fantastic community help, you know, um, we're running a few raffles at the moment. If you go in onto our PDRLNZ Facebook page, you'll see we've got a give a little page happening. You know, um, and we're just running a lot of raffles with um, signed framed league jerseys. And those are going, you know, selling like hotcakes. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we're getting there, man. Ah, uh, that's awesome to hear, Raymond. It sounds like you guys know that you've got to make different sorts of sacrifices along the way if you want to achieve your goals. Can you talk to us about the player pool that you have to choose from in New Zealand as far as physical disability goes? How many people are there out there that are interested in the game of league? And I imagine that you're introducing a lot of people to the game of league um, that either have picked up a physical disability or might not have been into league beforehand. Well, that's right. You know, like, um, I think there's, geez, you know, like a couple of hundred thousand physically disabled people within New Zealand. However, uh, because we're, you know, like we're only a small group that haven't been going for that long. Uh, you know, I've been involved for five years. I think it was happening for three years prior to that. And, um, you know, as, as everybody's aware, we're, we're building 
we're building everything up from the bottom. So um, at the moment, we've got uh, half a dozen chaps from Christchurch that travel up, and again, you know, we fund them in order to travel up here. We run bingo evenings and that in Auckland. Um, and, um, you know, we've got half a dozen down there that come up for camp. And we've got a young chap in, in Tukaroa that comes through. Uh, we've got one boy over in um, Melbourne that self-funds to get to, wow. to the camp. Yeah, yeah, wow, right, you know. And um, we've got we've got three three lads in Sydney that come over. You know, as we know financially, you know, to financially back yourself, it's quite hard at this moment. You know, with COVID locking us in and and everybody struggling with their work commitments. So you know, I've said to the boys and you know the boys in Australia, I've said to them, you know, like, I don't expect you to come over every month for camp. Uh, you know, we do have one camp coming up in August that everyone's required to be here, just so that we can, um, yeah, actually noho together, you know, mm. and uh, get this manaki and this tanga happening. And you know, as you're probably aware, you know, we're very, um, we're very Maori orientated. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's all about building that whānau. and um, so I've said to them, you know. Don't don't stress. You know, we understand the commitments that you're putting in because like I monitor everybody every every month, you know, or every couple of weeks. I'm hounding them to make sure that they're doing, you know, their fitness work that's required. And I just want them to hit the numbers, you know, get those numbers down on the Bronco test and all that. Yeah. And um, but yeah, everything's coming along well. We're we're about to you said. Whereabouts are you situated in the ranking um, up with England, Ireland, Wales, Australia, and yourselves that are playing at the World Cup, Raymond? Are you are you guys looking to go up there and win it? Hell yeah! Hey, <laughs> 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 we're not doing all this just to go up for a trip, man. But no, no, we're going up there to do our utmost best to bring that trophy back to New Zealand. So that's that's our focus. That's so, awesome. Um, you know. We have had a couple of campaigns earlier on in, in the PDRL realm, you know, like we had a couple of campaigns against Australia. Like, um, I don't know if everybody's aware, but PDRL, you know, Physical Disability Rugby League, hasn't been around that long. You know, the guy who started it all off was an Australian chap named George Tonner, and um, he had the vision to see that there you know, to have his friends, because he's disabled as well, to have his friends and that actually enjoy themselves out on the rugby league field. So he started it up in Australia 12 years ago. Wow. And then, yeah, and then, um, you know, New Zealand jumped on board through through friendship with uh, George. And like I said, New Zealand's been going now for eight years. Uh, England have only just come into the um, into the whanau, geez, over the last three years, so they're an unknown um, unknown entity. But and same as Wales, Wales, you know, like Wales, Ireland, and 
Scotland. They've only just come on board as well. So we know Australia fairly well. Mm. As for the boys up up in the um, Northern Hemisphere, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's... Hey, Raymond, that, just to wind it up, and let, uh, just before you go, just a, a question. Um, is, it, is it about... Uh, making sure that you get the money to get up there? Are you looking for sponsors? Yeah, we, we've, we've been quite lucky at this stage. We've had, um, we've had a few sponsors come on, uh, you know, like the sponsoring the back of the boys' jerseys and that. So, so Raymond, Raymond just gonna, we're just going to have to wrap this up here to, because we've got to cut to a break. Well, what we'll do, Kimpy, is we'll, we'll get Raymond to let us know exactly where we can go and, and give a little or wherever we can donate because we're going to shoot off right now. But we've got love to have you on the show, Raymond. Awesome to catch up and appreciate your time this morning. Six away from eight. SCNZ, we are coming up to 8am this morning, just trying to track down the give a little for the physical disability rugby league side as they head up north. Raymond, sounds like he's doing awesome things, Kempi. Yeah, mate, it's, um, they are. They are, and they're doing it you know, on the smell of an oily rag. So if there's anyone out there that's listening that wants to um, support physical disability rugby league in, in New Zealand, helping them to get to the World Cup up in the UK this year, then, then please... Uh, uh, send us a text and and we'll we'll put you in touch with Raymond and um yeah great great calls and good to see that a lot of the old boys especially the Kiwi boys are there to support them along their journey. Excellent stuff. Up after this, it's Rua Tapoki, one of the great Maori All Blacks of his generation. I didn't say ever, and he also played for Munster. We'll talk to Rua about the upcoming Irish series. Off to find him at Cafe Coffee. Here's Otto with the news for Kubota. Together with shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Finals Fever Sale and find 20% off the deep heat range of muscle relief. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. SCNZ, four minutes past eight o'clock, 22nd of June. Welcome to the show. Welcome to SCNZ for a massive day of sport here in the middle of winter. And just hearing Kirsty before talk about how cold Christchurch was when she was down there at uh, broadcasting school. Oh, some of those flats. Some of those flats with the paper-thin walls in Christchurch and Dunedin that I have slumbered it in. On the floors of Kempe. Oh mate, I know. Your son, your son went <laughs> I know to all about Dunedin it. University, didn't he? He did. You would have seen them. I've seen them. I've seen them all, mate. And the kids, and they're just in there, just resilient, <laughs> just um, resilient. They ain't, they ain't gonna get sick because they are sick. They are the definition <laughs> of sick. So it's cold in Auckland this morning. Jeez, thinking about everyone around the country in your milking sheds, down at the track, wherever you are, on your way to work. 
it is a big week for sport because we're actually only a couple of days away from Matariki. We've got Kiwis League Test this weekend, Kiwi Ferns as well. We've got next week the New Zealand Māori. We're going to talk to Rua Tapoki very shortly. The Māori All Blacks will be playing Ireland. He played for Munster. actually led a hucker against the All Blacks. I'm sure that was him, so we'll ask him about that. Uh, so it's a very special kind of unique... Well, I guess tour for Rua. We'll catch up with him. There's a couple of messages here. I'm asking who the most under pressure All Blacks would be on 0800 1508 to live in the Kennard's high phone line and the temper te- bedpost text machine, double eight double three. And uh, Sam Kane got a flurry of answers straight away. Meanwhile, Akira Yuani, geez, there's not too many fans, it seems. No. Like it's, well, not surprising. Um, but. You know, the only way you can, I, I guess, go out and answer that is to go out against the Irish and really turn it on. If he does get named, uh, we're assuming that he's going to get named in the starting side because we named him in ours, but you, you never know what Fozzie and them are thinking. Well, I really don't know whether he's going to start. He'll get an opportunity through. The, it, almost everyone will get an opportunity. He, he'd be close to the most maligned player in New Zealand rugby at the moment, though. Just if, if our double eight double three has a good litmus test, there are a few of them out there. Uh, Bowden Barrett has been for a long time, but I think he's silenced out. I think Richie Moonga weirdly is very maligned, but Akira Yuani at the moment uh, losing a lot of fans. Aiden Ross for the reserve loose head is getting a lot of votes. What about George Bauer? Anyone have a thought on him? Uh, it'd be interesting to know where they land with the midfield as well. And boy, we're going to catch up with a great midfield back, Kimby. Yeah, like it's only a week out from seeing the Irish in action here in New Zealand when they line up against our Māori All Blacks in Hamilton next Wednesday night. Man, that's going to be cool. It's be our first look at the Irish ahead of a massive test series and it will be a special night for all the Māori All Blacks getting back out, especially during Mātiriki. Rua Tupuki is one of the greatest performers in the Māori jersey. Yep, he could play. Man, I used to love watching him play. He's a former Munster player also, so understands the Irish way, and he's with us now online. Morena, bro. Morena Kempi, how are you? Oh, mate, kati poi. Kati poi, oh, That's good, that's good. Yeah, kati poi, hooky Oh, nice. Hey, um, bro, you must be, must be pretty proud that uh, the Māori uh, All Blacks get to play in, in, in Matariki and, and running out against the Irish next week. Yeah, the timing's just perfect, isn't it? Um, in, in my time, opportunities to play for the Māori is quite limited. Um, I mean, here in New Zealand, um, yeah, so no, it's just going to be an amazing couple of occasions, and just really great that the, you know, that the rugby union um, is still able to provide the Māori team with, uh, with you know, um, really uh, world-ranked opposition. It, it's just brilliant that yeah, that the boys get to measure themselves against a team that's actually beaten the All Blacks with the last couple of outings. I think. Yeah, so meaningful competition. How important, mate, is that? Uh, to the to the Māori All Blacks as far as pathways goes into the into full honours into the All Black jersey. Yeah, I think it's different for everyone, Kempi. Like I remember when um, when I first made the Māori All Blacks, I, I sort of felt like, okay, I've made it now. So there, it was I didn't see it as a stepping stone to the All Blacks or anything like that. Um, and, and I think that's got a bit to do with where I grew up. You know, we uh, we rubbed shoulders with former Māori All Blacks often and. Everyone in the community knew, ah, oh, that's, that's, you know, he's a Māori All Black, that's a Māori All Black. And so um, I think as a kid, you know, you hear all the stories about the Māori All Blacks in your, um, in your community and region, and you just grow up aspiring to that. And then 
as you get older, it's not until I was a bit older and um, started sort of progressing through the rugby ranks that the All Blacks and um, higher honours became a thing. So, yeah, I, I think it's probably different for everyone, but it, it just shows that... Um, um, it, it shows that the Māori the Māori jersey is, is still respected and, and, and honoured by um, yeah giving the world class a position like that. Hey, Drew, that's what I think. Hey, Drew, that's awesome, man. It's Louis here. Hey, I'm curious to know um, because from where you've come from and then the teams you've played for, I'd like love to get your take on this. Kimpi and me yesterday went to uh, an event with New Zealand Rugby. They kind of called it reimagined rugby reimagined. It was the 2025 strategy, and one of the massive kind of overwhelming takeaways was how much they're trying to connect with, um, I guess, the Maori community. Uh, Dr. Farah Palmer was there talking about the Maori Rugby Board and where they see Maldi and the culture and the people as far as his connection to New Zealand rugby. You came up in a slightly different era going back, you know, whatever, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Did you always feel as a Maldi rugby player in New Zealand you were treated not necessarily equally, but you were respected and they understood the culture as far as New Zealand rugby itself? Yeah, well, I think um, the administrators that we had in the game representing Maldi rugby did a great job. So um, we were sort of, as players, we were kept um, away from the politics and things like that, and we were told just focus on, you know, training, training and performing well for the team. Um, but but we always knew and heard conversations in the background that um, there was always fights. Well, you know, I I, I use the word um, fight um, li- liberally, um, <laughs> but but just just you know um, where where. Our administrators were always fighting to ensure that that the Maori team received the recognition that um, that it deserved. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a <laughs> yeah. I know you like to fight. Don't worry about that. You're allowed to say that on air. Mate. It's okay. It's okay. You can handle yourself. Hey, um, just thinking about this this uh, test series that the Maori All Blacks because I call it a test series because it is their test series against the Irish. Um, what are you expecting? Do you like the makeup of the Māori All Black team? Do you think that they can actually turn them over? Yeah, I think it's yeah. Well, you know, any Māori team is you know we're we're renowned for X factor and skill and talent and all, all those sorts of things. So I think any any um, New Zealand Māori any Māori All Black team um, on their day can beat anyone. That, that that's my belief. You know. Um, when they run on the field, they're not just taking themselves out there. They're taking their family, their hapu, their iwi, their marae, and, um, and, and the Irish take a similar approach to the game. And yeah, talk- it's, it's going to be really interesting. And talking about that Irish influence, like you played up there for Munster um, and faced the haka. What was that like? And what was going through your head as, a, as in one, the reply, but when you were actually facing it? Oh, yeah, it was an amazing experience, Tempe. Um, so... We were over there for a couple of years playing for Munster. Um, I was there with uh, Dougie Howlett, Lefemi Muffy, and Jeremy Manning. So there were four Kiwis there at, at, at the time. And uh, when it got confirmed that we were playing the All Blacks, uh, we were asked by a number of supporters from in the community and within and outside the team um, if we do the haka for, for Munster. And so, um, you know, I called home and, and uh, asked some of my kaumatua, like, uh, Derek Lardelli and um, Api Mahuika and Bill Tafa from Whanautonu just to make sure that um, that it was okay in the first instance and then how to do it. And so um, because 
you know, the Irish, that those people had asked us to do it, then everything was okay. And then um, on the night, it was all surreal. Um, so I, I don't know if you guys have um, had a chance to see games over in Ireland, but um, uh, when Munster, uh, when teams play against Munster, there's a tradition where they, where the whole ground just goes absolutely silent. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, fun. eh? Oh, it's amazing. Like, one minute you can't hear yourself yelling in the ear of the guy next to you, and the next minute you could hear him drop in the whole stadium. And so I think uh, that night it put Stephen Donald off, but um, when we started the hucking, we were doing it to the Red Lakes. Um, <coughs> we, we couldn't hear each other, and so we were sort of a little bit out of time and, and things like that, but uh, we got through it in the end, and then when we finished and Pity went to start, a whole stadium ground to a stop and uh I could see on the big screen, you know, there was uh there was grown men in the in, in the crowd crying and things like that, so it was pretty cool. Man, what a what an occasion. What an oh gee, I can, I'm just sitting here just thinking about how that would feel and um oh honestly what a what a moment for you. Mate, just um before we wind this up and, and let you go, Matariki, um what does Matariki mean to you? Um, leading into uh, the, the the new year, and and obviously um, coming from the east coast, must have a, a pretty um, big meaning down there as well. Yeah, well, it's really interesting, Kenzie. Like, um, you know, you're probably from um, a similar generation to me. We didn't have Bill and a lot of this knowledge was was um, lost to us. So I only heard about Matariki in the last couple of years. You know, when um, people like Doctor Tangi Martam were started bringing, uh, bringing it back into the public forum. So I've been learning a bit with my daughter, who's, uh, who's at school, and, and, and learning about, you know, about uh, Matariki. So for me, it's about, uh, we just recently lost my grandmother, uh, my dad's mum, and um, so it's about saying goodbye to the ones that we've lost in the, in the last year. And, and I know that everyone, uh, a lot of people have been, have been through some difficult times this year. You know, it's been really weird. Um, a lot of businesses and families struggling, so I suppose it's about packaging up all the all the tough times that we've had in the last year and figuring out ways to um, progress and move forward this year and hopefully things will be better. Hey, Ro, just one last one on, on the footy, and that's beautiful, man. And yeah, just um, being a Pakeha New Zealander and learning about it, probably not too similar to yourself in the last couple of years, especially since it's been the public holiday. Different, what it means to different people is really interesting. Um, just, but just on footy before I let you go, I'm curious, since you left uh, Munster, Ireland have really turned the screws as an organisation, as a rugby playing country. And like, they are 100% in the reckoning to win a World Cup next year, along with France, England, South Africa, of course, mm. the All Blacks. But how, how have you seen Irish rugby progress? And is there anything for when they come down here next week and we see them, um, anything you're watching out for and you're really interested to see? I think, um, so I can't wait to see Jamison Gibson Park. So he's a relation from back in Gizzi. Oh, wow. Um, I, yeah, I think he's one of the best uh, halfbacks in the world. He'd be in the top two, in my opinion, top two or three. Uh, so Māori boy playing for Ireland. Um, Really looking forward to that, and also, really just just that Irish type five. I think we've just got to really watch out for them there. You know, they've got a really big mobile pack, and it's something that we used to be renowned for. And I think they're getting back there now. But yeah, just um, yeah, I'm just really excited and looking forward to them. Uh, former teammate of mine, Paul O'Connell, so he was the Lions captain back when we were playing. He's now with the with the Irish team. 
And uh, so him and his uh, manager, Robert Hutchinson, a couple of weeks ago, so going to be going in there and having a talk to the Irish boys about what it means to the Māori team to uh, put the jersey on and go to battle. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Uru, uh, I always tell people that you learn how to fight because you came to Waitara and hung out with your f- tanga, uh, tangara whānau um, way back then. But hey, thanks a lot for coming on and talking to us this morning about Munster and the Māoris and uh, we're wishing the boys all the best and uh, a korero, a kuenei. Cheers, cheers, Kempe. Yeah, there you go. Rotapoki, <laughs> legend. He's a uh, hell of a footballer and, um, yeah, spent a long time up there with Munster. And, man, they're hearing their story about the, the stadium, that, or oh, up in Munster, that's crazy. Well, I that's, remember, that's goosebumps stuff, that. I remembered him doing the haka. I, didn't, I forgot that there were the other Kiwi boys there and I just remember it being like, whoa, this is crazy because you don't get those midweek games too often. Um, yeah. Well, you don't get the reply. No, it's, you know, with, uh, and Dougie How- you know, Dougie Howlett as well, yeah, of course, being an sure, All Black and sure. standing there opposite, you know, having represent that All Black jersey, and then standing there uh, ripping out a hucker in response. Well, powerful man, that's a real. And to being asked by Munster, I see, I didn't know that part. But yeah. they were actually asked by Munster to do it. Um, yeah, I'm going. I'm going back. I'm googling it. Did, straight you, did after you hear the sledge to Beave as well? <laughs> Oh, the, the silence must have put Stephen Donald off that day. Uh, didn't we have to go back and look at the stats? Obviously, he didn't kick the goal overly well, Beaver, in the midweek. Uh, there, uh, here's a message from PJ. I agree around Akira. He has some great skill, which he does, but you can't afford that in, to, in Test match to go missing. We've got players like Shannon Frizzell, who I actually think went missing in Test matches from time, time to time, had some stonking games. Luke Jacobson, who I cannot understand where he is. Tom Robinson, that could do the job better. Tom Robinson, probably a little bit of development to come. Would have he have been there if Blackadder was fit? I believe Artie will be the starting six, says PJ. I think, of course, Akira would have been in the squad. I cannot get my head around Luke Jacobson still. That's the one that is still genuinely shocking to me. And here's a message from Michael. Great pickup. Next Wednesday is not just about the New Zealand Mouldy game. It's also got the Franfilly Shield. What a historic and kind of prestigious day for New Zealand rugby it's going to be because the Hawks Bay play South Canterbury at McLean Park at 4.35pm from Michael and double eight double three, And on the New Zealand Māori game, Kempi, which are you... You must be half interested to head down to, a, to Hamilton to watch them. Uh, well, mate, I would head down if I didn't have to get up at 4.30 in the morning. Um, oh, but you, yeah. you love the early wake-ups. Uh, yeah. Well, no. if, you, if you wanted to go to the Wellington game, what you could do right now is text your name, Mouldy All Blacks, at, to double eight double three, and with All Blacks we have two tickets, a double adult pass to the Wellington game. Game two of the 2022 battle between the Mouldy All Blacks and Ireland will kick off a massive week for international rugby in the capital. Secure your tickets today. Free child with every ticket purchased. Adults from $20 to $50 for a Category AC. Or you could just text Mouldy All Blacks and your name to double eight double three right now and we'll hook you up. So, Kimpi, I know you like to text the text line. Double eight double three, your name and Mouldy All Blacks and we will pick someone for a double pass. It's 20 minutes past eight this morning. Coming up, Paulie Mawati, not far away. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. That was Rule Topoki. If you missed it, go listen to the podcast. What a champion bloke. One's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. SENZ, it's 25 minutes past 8am. So much going on in the world of sport today. Paul Moati, tab.co.nz, would have been soaking it all in, including Big Bad Brooks. Off to the LIV tour, Paulie. 
Do you have a market up for next PGA Tour golfer to jump ship? <laughs> no, no, we don't. No, but it's certainly um, throwing a new sort of shade on uh, golf, and there's all sorts of with all sorts of things going on. It, he wasn't one that I expected to go, but um, yeah, there you go. That and that might just give the tour a wee bit more sort of credence and attract another one or two top line. Uh, PGA Tour golfers. So, yeah, that was a big surprise for mine. 100%. That's what we were thinking, Paul. Like, it's, uh, it makes it easier. Every big name that goes, Akimping makes it easier for the next one. Yeah, chat. Absolute chat. Flying around. <laughs> That's great, guys. <laughs> yeah, love it. Okay. Um, right. So, TAB, uh, <laughs> $1.22, the All Blacks. We said we were going to pick this one up from yesterday. Actually, uh, Paulie, if you're going to reply to me this time, we would. I'd like to get your take on this. Uh, speaking to some people around the All Blacks um, training session yesterday, and some smart rugby minds reckon that if the Irish were going to nick one, it would be the first test at Eden Park, What I still can't get my head around. But they're $4, and we were, this is where we left it yesterday. You reckon there's been market support? They have been backed at $4. Um, and, well, I, I guess... You can understand where that sort of confidence comes from, what they've won three of the last five tests against the All Blacks. However, it did take them 111 years to pick up that first victory. Uh, Also, they've never, ever won a test match in New Zealand. And, of course, we know the All Blacks have a sensational record at Eden Park. Uh, I think they they haven't been beaten for 46 Test matches, I think. Like ninety uh, ninety eight, are we thinking at the French? Is that what was that what it was? Yeah, oh, I thought it was early. I thought it might have been ninety four. But ninety four, yeah yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, so it, it's a fortress, Eden Park, for the All Blacks, um, and we're just coming off a big, big Super Rugby uh, Pacific campaign, so they'll be fit as fiddles, uh, ready to go. So, uh, although I can understand the support for the Irish, uh, I just think. We're just forgetting about how good the All Blacks are. And we've got some power plays up uh, for the series. And one of the best back power plays, and I'm guessing there's a bit of money from Taranaki here, <laughs> the Barrett brothers to score three or more tries combined in the series, oh. paying $5. Oh, you're <laughs> kidding me. There you go. <laughs> Five bucks. That should be $2.50, shouldn't it? There you go. Get off. Bodie, Bodie or Geordie could score three by themselves, surely. Crikey. I, I think that's you a might great know, you, you obviously, You obviously know something that we don't, that they're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's none of that going on, none of that can be. But, yeah, that has been very well supported. Check out those series I tell power you what, plays. I tell you what, Kempe's going to unload on and then reinvest. I bet you he's licking his lips at Queensland at $2.10 after all the panicked moves that Freddie... Freddie's made. Can be loving two dollars ten for Queensland. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't mind it. I was having a good think about it last night. I think they've lost a little bit in Cotter not playing uh, Queensland, and because they're you know, going to have to rotate the big boy at the back um, of the scrum and, and Collins in the front row. So, yeah, still, I still think Billy's got him. I still think Billy's got him. Two bucks is good money. Dollar seventy one New well, South Wales. We've ta- we've taken a multi. I'll give you. Uh, an eight thousand dollar multi on the on the Kiwis to beat Tonga at a dollar twenty five into New South Wales to win by one to twelve and under thirty nine and a half points 
in that state of origin game this Sunday. That's to return $45,000. So, that is someone, re- that's reckless that's spending. That, that, is, that is... Look, you're talking to a couple of loose punters here. That is loose. That is real <laughs> reckless kind of stuff. Thank you, Paulie. You knew we'd love that. Half past eight this morning. Download your TAB app today and go and put an $8,000 multi on. Don't. Gamble well within your means and bet responsibly. That is... <laughs> I don't, I'm kind of almost. Well, lost I can't believe that the Kiwis are a dollar twenty-five. Should be a dollar ten, shouldn't they? Well, do you think they should be? F- Man, it's. Uh, I know it's a home game for them, but it's not going to be a home game. Well, it's not about that. It's about the squads. Yeah, well, the squ- the squ- yeah. The team the Kiwis going to put out. If they can't put Tonga away, we're in. Well, huge, that's yeah, that gets named today too. So that'd be interesting to see what comes up. Hundred percent. Half past eight. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with shaping building New Zealand. Keep texting New Zealand or All Blacks Mouldy and your name if you want those two tickets to the Wellington Mouldy Irish game. <laughs> SNZ27 away from nine this morning. Debbie from Property Apprentice isn't far away today. Earlier on in the show, I told you that I'd tell you what Trent Bolt was thinking after the two losses for the Black Caps, and I will do that. We will hear from him absolutely right about now. Uh, yeah, team's in good spirits. Uh, nice to get away from the game for a, a couple of days down in, in London. And um, yeah, hard one to reflect on. I think the series has been um, exciting throughout the whole couple of games. And yeah, to be uh, yeah on the wrong side of that result is, is pretty tough. But uh, I think a lot of credit's due to, to some phenomenal, phenomenal cricket that's been played there. And um, yeah, she's a good good wicket. And we didn't get enough runs to, to bowl to. So that's how the way it goes. There you go. Trent Bolt, always concise, never really too grumpy emotions. Although you can get fired up out there, Bolty, but uh, he knows what they need to do. They would have spoken about it. Game three. Test three tomorrow night on SENZ on Rua Tupoki talking about the Māori All Blacks. Oh, he knows all too well. You know, we're, we're renowned for X-Factor and skill and talent and all, all those sorts of things. So I think any any um, New Zealand Māori, any Māori All Black team um, on their day can beat anyone. Let's uh, let's see how they go against the Irish. And if you missed that chat with Rua, you can head to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, the podcast channel, and tune in. Interesting text here for you, Kempe. Hi, guys. I understand New Zealand rugby had a really interesting presentation yesterday. Keen to hear Kempe's thoughts. Oh, yeah, you should have tuned in a lot earlier, Jamie. You know, they had plenty to say about it. I thought it was fantastic. 25 away from nine. There's plenty. Of, there was. It was fantastic. There's a lot. Look, in all seriousness, um, there was actually a lot good to take out from it. And I think as we spoke about, just to revisit, Kempi and me did go along yesterday. And what we think it was, was New Zealand rugby, the changing face of the sport, the changing face of the organisation. I think they're really proud of the way they're going. I think Robbo, Mark Robinson, the CEO, uh, the board, Dr. Farah Palmer, Bailey Mackey, I think they are all really proud of where they're going and I think they want to kind of share and showcase the change they're making as far as diversity, inclusion, all of that sort of thing, technology and what the business can be. So that was the point of it, Kempi. Not too much actual strategy or guts, not too much on what the performance of the All Blacks does, but overall I found it interesting. Yeah, great PR exercise. Got everyone in the in the room and, yeah, shaking hands, sharing uh, networks and, and talking rugby. 
Ask Paulie why no fixed price race for Pukakoi. There is. I've got it right here. Me Libres has been trimmed from 330 to 320 by the punters and then into 240 with deductions. So <laughs> you can go and have a look at that if you're interested in having a bet today. And uh, Gavin, well, gee, you want those All Blacks tickets. I love it when we try to give things away and people just blatantly suck up. <laughs> Love your show. There's a few, there's a few of them. <laughs> Crack there's a few up. Of them. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You make a cold day warm. Well, the only thing true in that, well, no, you might love the show, but it is a freezing day around the country. Matariki on Friday. Uh, it's been awesome to hear about it. Kempi, I just want to hear about it and learn about it. I just want to give you one little thing. Today we missed out on speaking uh, to Rangi Matamoa, but I did pick up one thing that he said to in an interview he gave, which is what, I was quite interested in asking him about. He said the principles, and he wanted to make sure that he wanted to make it really clear that Matariki is for all New Zealanders, and he wants everyone to embrace it. It's not just a Māori holiday, and it shouldn't be. It looked at it as a public holiday. So he kind of broke it down in easy, three different easy values you could look at it if you weren't too familiar with it. It's about remembering those who have passed, celebrating the present and planning for the future. It's underpinned by values like collectivity and sharing and environmental awareness and feasting. And he said, then he made the point, these principles already exist in Pakiha ways of life, so we can all just embrace it. When I read that, I actually thought, yeah, you know what? Everybody can find something in that. And I think that's what I want Matariki personally to be for New Zealand if you want to pay respects to people that are gone, look towards the future, or you just want to be grateful for what you've got at the moment, I think that's what it can be. Yeah, look, you heard Rua talk about um, what it meant to him, you know, with, with the loss of his grandmother, that Matariki Hunganui, which is remembering those that have um, gone and were travelling through Matariki for the year um, before they were released in, and become Nafitu, the stars. Um, there's also a Hunganui, which is a kai, uh, all about the food and the celebration and the feasting, um, which is you know a, a, another big part of. Are you cooking at lunch for us on Friday? Um, look, I actually, I, you know, I thought that if uh, the office was um, fully active on Friday, I actually thought that a kai would be really good, but I don't think there's going to be too many people in here. And the last one is um, Manako Nui, which is your aspirations and your and your dreams. The one I talked about with the New Zealand Māori All Blacks and off the back fence. And, and you know, for me, uh, I did a talk on uh, Hiwa Nui Itarangi, which was the star that you, you send up all your uh, all your wishes to, you know, that wishing upon a star. So I think I think he's he's wrapped it up really well. You know, it's it's not that it's a new something new. It's just that the celebration has been around for hundreds of years, and we're just starting to recognise it. And like anything, you can make it what it means to you, and that's where it is. We've talked a lot about inclusion the last couple of days. Well, Matariki is very inclusionary. Twenty-one away from nine. Debbie from Property Apprentice isn't far away. SCNZ is in Kempe for breakfast. Glenn, your text on the Kiwis. We'll get to that before the end of the show as well. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. 16 minutes away from 9am this morning, uh, 22nd of June. We're bang in the middle of winter, aren't we? Property Apprentice helping Kiwis better create better retirement plans. And today, what an absolute treasure this is, Kempe. It is an honour to have Debbie from Property Apprentice in studio in the whare with us. Morning, Debbie. Good morning. Morena, Debbie. Morena. Morena. How are you? Yeah, cold. No, it's freezing. <laughs> cold property market? Yeah, property market's pretty cool as well. So, in more ways than one, I'd say. So, you know, today we were going to talk about um, mistakes, <clears throat> excuse me, mistakes that people make when they're trying to time the bottom of the market. 
because every single week now we're getting people saying, oh, is it a good time to buy or should we wait till prices hit rock bottom? And it's like, well, you know what, unless you've got a crystal ball, and you know exactly when prices are going to hit rock bottom, you're probably better to just get stuck in, in my now. Fif- in my 50 years' experience in property, Debbie, there's never been a bad time to buy a property. Exactly. Like the only time that's a bad time to buy in a falling market is if you're planning on selling sooner rather than later. So if you're not planning on selling a property in the next few months, um, then you know it doesn't matter if house prices drop a bit after you've bought. Yeah, so what do, what do they have to look out for at the moment? What are, what are people looking... With the market cooling off, what are they what are they looking at? Like you just talked to us about pre-approval, getting yeah. that done because that's going to get harder to to get your money off the banks. Is that is that one of the problems that you see uh, it forecast? Is. Yeah, it is because you know banks are, are tightening up their lending criteria, and that happens every time interest rates increase. So you know we've had the Reserve Bank come out with all guns blazing, trying to tackle you know tackle inflation. So we're expecting some more significant OCR increases, which is going to increase interest rates further. And whenever interest rates increase, banks increase the interest rate that they're testing your affordability at. So at the moment, um, banks are testing your affordability to pay a mortgage at around 7.6% interest, which is a lot higher than what we've currently got. Mm. But that's going to continue to climb as interest rates continue to climb as well. So, you know, we, we're seeing a, a few different moving parts. Uh, like we've got the triple CFA rules are starting to relax. Um, so on one hand, lending's getting a little bit easier. You know, they're not looking at how many coffees you buy anymore, which is a bonus, you know, but they are increasing the test rates. So it's What kind are of they looking at then? Because, you know, as a younger person, and that I don't own a property, but you hear all the kind of ooga booga, hey, no, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. What what are like the, the classics that at the moment in this this version of the market you reckon they're looking at? So what, what the lenders need to do now is they need to look closely at your budget so you need to be really realistic with your budget and you need to be able to back that up so you know it's no good saying oh yeah I spend you know 50 bucks a week on entertainment if you actually spend 200 bucks a week on Mm. entertainment so and and there's a few other things that they'll look at like rates insurance all that sort of stuff on a property that you're looking at purchasing if it's an investment property they take into account the market rent for that property as well, so you'll have to have a rental appraisal because banks will take a portion of the of the rent and add that to your personal provable income. But um, the difficulty at the moment is that most people, especially people who are moving into another property, most people have got enough equity to do that, but they don't have the provable income to do what they want to do. So getting lending is probably the toughest thing about the property market at the moment. But if you're in a position where you can get lending, like I said, get a pre-approval because then you'll know what what your shopping price range is. So, um, And then if you can get a pre-approval for lending, you've got to ask yourself the question, would you rather get out in the market now and negotiate and potentially bag a bit of a bargain or do you want to wait until hopefully you target the bottom of the market and then end up going house hunting with a whole bunch of other house buyers who are now in the market because they can see that it might be at the bottom as well. So it's like now there's hardly any competition from other buyers. We've still got interest rates below the long-term average. So, you know, you can lock in a, a low average rate before things increase further 
and potentially negotiate a good price at the same time. Yeah, and that's going to that's going to hurt people too. And as, as the interest rates rise and the and the payments rise with that, we're going to see a lot of people start to really hurt and lose that disposable income that they've got because they're putting it on their mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so you've gone and got your your pre approval and you're looking at your housing and. And for me, it's the it's probably the beginning of that conversation is to get into the market now as opposed to wait later on yeah. when people think, oh, I've timed the timing and it's all about timing. Um, is that how you generally see, um, you're saying that there's not a hell of a lot of people in the market at the moment, it's a really good time to buy, this is a buyer's market? Absolutely, it's a buyer's market. And, you know, a perfect example would be someone who was able to get lending before Christmas last year, you know, before the rules all tightened up on the 1st of December, uh, if they were trying to find a house then because they could get lending now and they missed out because there was so much competition from other buyers, those buyers now, there's a bunch of them that won't be able to get lending anymore. Mm. And they're regretting the fact that they weren't able to find a purchase before the 1st of December. You know, Even though house prices were at the peak, they don't care because they were looking at buying a home that they were going to live in for five or ten years. You know, So now they can't get lending House prices have dropped back, and they're still going. I wish we'd found something at the end of last year when we could get lending. Now, serviceability's dropped back too, isn't it? Because yeah. you've gone from a three percent, four percent loan um, to a rising uh, interest rate in the market. So, you know, if you are looking to purchase a house, it's better to get that locked in now. Is that what you, that's what you're saying? Isn't Absolutely, it? yeah. Because now banks are testing it at seven point six percent. So, you know, they're making sure that you can afford. The, the mortgage if interest rates get up to 7.6%, so they've got that safety buffer in there, which is why it's difficult to get lending yeah, at the nice. moment. Super information, Debbie. No, that's great. Are you, are you guys still, um, you still got your training sessions that people we can get We do. We've got one of? tonight, haven't we? Oh. Yeah, we've got one tonight starting at 6.30 online. Good for breakfast radio hours. There you go. How long do they take, roughly? <laughs> a couple of hours. Oh, there yeah, you go. Depending on how many questions everyone's yeah, got, because I do knowledge. them live. So. Yeah. Hey, I've got. I've just got one more question for you around the ground. So around the country, because we've got a lot of listeners that are listening in from the deep south up to the far north. Mm-hmm. What are the so the market across the board has has cooled off? Yes, yeah. Um, so there are some parts of the country that are that still you know on surface value they still look as if they're doing quite well, um, but they're certainly past the peak of the boom. So you know Christchurch, for example, there's. There's parts of Christchurch which are still performing quite strongly. Houses are still selling, but it's nothing like what it was 12 months ago. That's awesome. Excellent stuff. Debbie from Property Apprentice in studio. Hopefully we can see more of you. That'd be great. It'd be great to have you back. It is eight minutes away from nine. Smithy isn't far away. We'll sleep on it with him. And if you wanted to have a look at that uh, free online training session, propertyapprentice.co.nz or text ticket to 268. Yep. Beautiful. You can do my job. Eight away from nine. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.